Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Hello and welcome to episode three of our True Blue podcast. Um, where here at the Chester Chronicle, we'll be discussing everything Chester FC. Uh, joining me today are sports reporter Paul Wheelock, uh, myself Dave Powell, and also Mark Dowling, who one of our story editors here at the Chronicle, and also a, a lifelong Blues fan and season ticket holder. Um, plenty to get through in this week's episode, and we'll probably start with what happened on Saturday, the absolute farce that was um, the Eastley postponement. Uh, Chester getting there, um, or, or finding out 15 minutes away from the ground that the, the game was going to be postponed. Um, well, well it, and also the, the biggest the biggest factor in all this is the fact that the fans, you know, many of whom had, had made their way down to Hampshire, uh, only to find out that there was no game of football to watch and left out of pocket. But uh, the whole thing was was absolutely farcical. Um, Myself, uh, Charlie from the leader, and, and Terry the photographer, we all made our way down together, and we found out about fifteen minutes away from the ground, same as the, the team, that there was going to be no game. So we headed down there, spoke to to, to Marcus Bignett and Mark McGuire about things. Understandably, very angry because um, it's just unacceptable. I mean, especially given the fact that at, at midday they were given assurances from from Eastleigh themselves that the the game was going to get the go ahead and everything was fine, no problems. Only to find that half an hour later that um, the game is is, is called off uh, we got there and we saw the, the part of the, the pitch which was affected I mean it I mean not being funny if that you know if, it, if that's what's calling the game off then there's no there should be no, no Sunday league games taking place any time in the near future um, but you know I mean, it's, it's almost that that seems to be kind of a side issue the fact that the game was called off it's just the way they went about it how late in the day it was if there was any doubts about it whatsoever they should have been and they should have been raised uh, well in advance. I mean, there was, it, as I understand it, Eastleigh were, were knocked, knocked on the head the idea of a, an early morning pitch inspection about seven o'clock. Um, so they kind of pushed ahead. And by that time, Chester and the fans had already made made their way down down the M6 onto the M40 and heading towards Hampshire, you know. So it's too late to turn back then. To, and it's, it's a day wasted. But um, I'll start off with, with you, Paul. I mean, you, uh, your, your thoughts on it because it's the second time after Solihull. I mean, different circumstances, I know, but it's the second time Chester fans have been, uh, have almost been done the dirty on, I suppose, in, in, in the space of, of two months. We don't get any bad weather yet. No, I think you summed it up well when you call it farce, farcical, because it is really, and you know, the people who are losing out the most are the Chester FC fans. You know, journalists and media get paid, that's, that's our job to go and watch yeah. these games. Unfortunately, things like these happen to players and management. They'll be getting the coach back. It's the fans who are really missing out. And I think what Marcus and what uh, Mark Maguire said after you know the postponement was absolutely spot on. No arguments at all. So the league have got a duty to the Chester FC fans. They've been let down twice this season now. But they've got a duty to the league itself for me. Because this division is a good level of football. You know, There's a lot of big clubs in it. We've seen it the other night against Woken. It's a good standard of football. But it's making it look a bit timpot. You know, you can't have two games called off, you know, on the eve of the season open and then 15 minutes before people are arriving at the ground for 
issues it's not the weather is it you know these kind of things should have been sorted well in advance and i'm pretty sure easily we're having problems with a pitch in this area of the pitch in the summer as well yeah. so i don't think it's uh you know particularly it's come as a massive surprise to them i just think the league have got to do something about it on the one for the good of the chester s3 fans have been done over twice now and for the actual league standing and its status because it's it, it's it's making it look poorer than it is yeah, for me when i got down there it's almost a case of East is obviously a club with considerable financial backing. You know, there's lads there earning good money, and that's fine. You know, it's it's the way it is. Um, but you see what's going on around there. I mean, they're, they're very much trying to gear themselves up to be a football league club in the not too distant future. Um, the big clubhouse built behind the ground, and everything. But the game, games of football played on a football pitch. You know, um, and this, like I said, this hasn't. It shouldn't have been a surprise to them. Um, and it's almost it. I'm not quite. It really hurt me. Really, yeah, the fact that. Yeah. There's all this money been sunk in everywhere, and the fact that it's the simplest thing about just getting the pitch right. Everyone else has managed to do it this season, you know. Whether some some teams have gone for three G pitches this year, so that kind of um, takes out of the equation for them. But it's just it's the bare minimum you expect. It's just a playable surface. I mean, there was no minimal rain. I mean, there's no overnight rain down there. They'd had a bit down in Hampshire a couple of days before that, but nothing beforehand, you know. And it's just again, it's just that the fact there's no apology. Yeah. Chester fans in that quick statement that they made. No acknowledgement of the fact that, that people have travelled down, you know, 200 odd mile, not 500 mile round trip getting on for to watch a game of football. I didn't think anything. Yeah. You know, and, and there was a kind of a gesture saying, well, you know, an advance ticket to be uh, be available for refund. But who buys an advance ticket for, for a National League game, you know, yeah. and, unless it's a, a Tramia or a Wrexham game, something like that? You don't do, you know, so. And unless I suppose there'll be hopefully in the, in the coming days, once this, this starts to try and get straightened out a little bit, there'll be some kind of uh, uh, process that Chester fans can maybe go through if they did get travel down there. I know some some fans flew down to Southampton and paid wow. good money, you know, good money to do that. Got there only to find that there's no game of football. You know, we were fortunate enough on the way back. We stopped at Winchester and I didn't have a coffee, but you know, that's you know, again we're paid. I mean, we're paid for yeah. that side job. It's it's just a inconvenience, but for people who've travelled down there and paid good money, it's just it, it's unacceptable. It's it, the league needs to do something to be stronger about this because if they they have any ideas about this being a, a league which stands up and, and almost becomes an extension of the football league, which is the way it's going, then you know you've, you've got to make sure the house is in order. And this isn't acceptable behaviour from for from a, a member club. You know this has got to be dealt with. I mean, Mark, you're a fan. If you would have gone down there yourself. And you would have paid all that money, and then you would have got there and realised that's all been for absolutely nothing. I mean, you would have been furious. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, completely furious. You know, and, and, and the interesting thing is, I'm just trying to sort of rack my brain, trying to think um, as, as Manchester rising through the leagues um, <clears throat> since our, since we reformed, and I can't recall any of the circumstances we've had. Uh, you know, games been called off, but you'd usually find out plenty of time in advance, and, and you'd accept it because you know we're around December, January. You know, the, you know, the worst of the weather would be hitting. That's just a part of life. You, know, you can accept that if you get wake up and you find, you know, they did a pitch inspection at nine a.m. The matches have been called off, and you think, okay, well, I was just about to get in my car, ready to head off, head off to the game. But okay, that's fair enough. But you know, for it to be called off at such a short, such short notice, and uh, and in, in, in the circumstances that it was, you know, and, and to be and to be and you know, and it's right in saying that the, the club statements, you know, was missing a very important word, which was sorry. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. you know, they they said it with with regret that they had to have to call the game off, but that, that that's you know that doesn't that doesn't go far enough. You know, it's you know it's, it's clearly the 
you know, they've got to have an admission of responsibility for the fact that uh, you know it's, it's their pitch. Every other game got uh, got replayed in, in the national league. You know, there was, there was you know there was, there was no excuse for it really. I mean, it, it's different if you if you get to the Rudy on a Sunday and saying, "Sorry, lads, game's yeah. off." This yeah. is Hampshire. It's yeah. absolutely rubbish. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a appalling way to to go about the whole thing. And you know, I like I, I said before, I, I hope very much that, that this is dealt with. Um, appropriately and, and sternly as well. I mean, the league can't afford to be tiptoeing around stuff like this now. It, it's got to be. It reached. It's reached the kind of stage where they need. To, I mean, especially with how Solihull was handled. I mean, they got. Oh, they got really right. They, yeah, they won the rearranged game. They won the rearranged game. A minimal fine, you know. And it's just like it's, it's, bit, it's not even a, a rap on the knuckles, you know. It's it's just a tickle, yeah. you know. So and it's Chester again. This has happened to Chester fans, you know. It just adds to what's what's been a. A really kind of miserable kind of start to the season for us all, and that brings us to Tuesday. Um, the honeymoon period was well ended on Tuesday for Marcus Bignut, but um, it's a weird one because I know a few. And Paul, you, you came on Tuesday, and obviously, Mike, Mike, you, you're there week in, week out, um, as am I. But it's um, it, it was almost it was like after after the Maidenhead game, we. There's so much positivity thinking, you know what, maybe it was just a, a simple case of just a little bit more structure, but I think that the task was laid bare for, for Bignett, wasn't it, on Tuesday, the fact that woke in a young side, but pieced together on a, a small budget, um, but they just looked, they moved around, moved the ball around with pace and purpose, and they just, they, they looked really clued up, whereas Chester just, I mean, it wasn't the worst performance I've seen this season, far from it, you know, and, and that probably goes some way to say now how, how poor the performances this season have been but um, it was just a case that I mean that's seven games now where, where Woken have beaten us on the, on the trot but they are a bogey side but I never really subscribe to that I just think every game is playing its merit and you know, these, these things and they, they have no real significance over, over, the, over the course of time but um, I think it just Marcus Bickner said afterwards that it kind of almost he learned so much from the from the game and, and about his group from that defeat and he was pleased that it, He'd seen that it had come this time fairly early on in his reign, so he knows what to do. So, um, Paul, because you've your first time you've seen this season, or not? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. What were your thoughts given the fact that you I mean you've you've not seen him win since the Conference North days? No, <laughs> yeah, I didn't really want that coming out. I don't, I because obviously I'd seen him win three titles, and then I changed jobs and came to came back to games when I could. Uh, and now I think Boston Turner's winner was the last time I've actually seen a live Chester U game Chester's recent home is nothing on, yeah, on your yeah. record either coming it? back as a fan or covering for you Dave or whenever it's, uh, yeah, it's, it wasn't it's pretty miserable but I actually didn't think the performance was that bad I know there's been a a pretty poor reaction to it and I can understand that because let's face it it's one win that one win against Maidhead is still the only win in what 9-10 months yeah. so you can understand that uh, I thought Woking were the better team they deserved to it and I think what you said then Dave what you could clearly see is that this is a team that's been drilled he's been in since May I think I did a piece yesterday and they said he had nine changes from the team that on Tuesday night than there was in April when they won 3-2 at the uh, at the Diva so he's got his own players in he's had the summer to work with them and they just looked a really well drilled team you know wasn't many weaknesses in it at all but you know, if you look back at it, how many saves has Lynch had to make on Tuesday? Their keepers had to make a couple in the first half. You know, I know Hannah was offside, but he hit the post. I still hit the post as well. 
I didn't think it was that bad, but equally, you could see where the deficiencies are. You know, I every time I see Arsenal, it's really impressed. My worry is that he may get picked off by a bigger club. You know, not a bigger club than Chester, but you know, someone yeah. who, let's face it, at the moment Chester probably aren't going for promotion this season. I do worry about that. Maku look fine. Midfielders got an abundance of centre midfielders. I think Ross Hanna worked really hard. I can suddenly everything here by him is really good. But there's deficiencies there, isn't there? There was not a wide player on the pitch after Marne went. Uh, the best outlook for most part seems to be Roe Turner. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and, and the, the best phases of play that, that Chester played throughout easily came from in, involving Roe Turner kind of marauding down the left hand side. But um, as you say, it's um, there's, there's clear deficiencies. And what he is. It's, um, uh, I suppose it's, it's a case of do you, you're going to have to, have, a couple would, would help solve some some problems in terms of draw get to the risk of the cup if you progress to that twelve and a half thousand pound you get a home draw in the first round you know it's a decent one you could get a Blackburn a Coventry or whatever yeah. that puts money into the pot but it's all hypothetical you know so um, but reality is they Bigman's probably going to have to look at Maybe get one or two to out if he wants to bring a couple in. I mean, Mark, how did you see see Tuesday night? Because um, again, it's not the worst we've seen this season, but by that that shouldn't really excuse it for for being what it was. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, and I thought you know I thought Chester played better on Tuesday night than they played against say Halifax you know, mm. when, we, when we got yeah. points. Um, but uh, I mean, I, I will I will also say this: I, th- I thought Woking were easily the best side I've seen play at uh, the best opposition side. For, for some time, I thought the way they moved the ball around was was absolutely superb. You know, it's everything that sort of that Chester should really aspire to be in terms of being a, in a football club. They, they, they played some really nice flowing football. There was hardly any mis, any misplaced passes. Um, whereas you could see Chester, you know, particularly on the, on the first ball in, in, the, in the first half, you know, sometimes it would just wouldn't fall for them, and sometimes you, know, you just feel it, it need, they needed a bit of refining. You know, the fact that you know. Players would receive the ball, but they didn't get the, the right first touch, you know, and then, and then they're losing possession cheaply. Um, balls which are sort of just going a bit, a bit, a bit astray. Um, but in, 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 the, in the middle of the park, you know, we were clearly sort of second best. But in, in terms of creating actual chances of being more dangerous, um, I thought we were, we were actually pretty good on that. You know, as you say, we had about five, maybe six, really, really quite good chances. We had, had uh, Roten, you know, to put in a really good effort. Uh, Ackington Day um, had, had a one which was superbly stopped by the keeper with his leg, and in the first half, in the same one with Assel's header. I don't think that was you know, any one of those could have easily been a goal. And, and, and uh, you know, we've at, when we were one nil down, I, I, there was a point where I thought, how are we one nil down? Because we had we'd had some really strong chances. It was only then, once the second goal uh, was conceded in the most uh, ridiculous of circumstances, to be honest, it was. Uh, it's it's not one that I imagine that uh, that some of, uh, that's, that a couple of players will want to watch back on um, at all. Uh, it's probably still haunting their nightmares now. Um, but once the once that once that second goal had gone in, um, we we really did look second best. Yeah. Working completely control the game, and I think the final twenty minutes probably sort of influenced fans' judgments of the game to make them yeah. sort of think that we actually played worse than than what we actually did. Because up until that point. We'd actually look pretty good. I mean, we look competitive, even if we were struggling in the middle of the pitch. I still think we were actually once we actually got the ball into into their box, we were, you know, we were being creative. We had we'd had some had some good efforts, but uh, yeah, I think it did show some of the deficiencies in the, in the squad. You know, I think yeah, we played too narrow. 
Um, we tried Kinkley James out, out on the wing. Um, didn't really work, uh, but it's worth, worth you know worth the experiment. You know, at least at least try it. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously, it's, um, from that it, it seems his you know his strengths better lie when he's more in the, in the middle of the park. I hope his haircut hasn't taken away. I, I, I was mistaken. Magical powers. I'm glad well, I watched the report because I was calling him some sure all game. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that you know if you start a game like house on fire, but you finish the game poorly. Not not that they started yeah. superbly on Tuesday. What happens is the end of the game is what forms people's thoughts and opinions. Whereas if you start a game poorly but finish well, usually there's a bit more optimism. Mm-hmm. Than it. But the problem was it just the game is as soon as that second goal goes in. I mean, and and the, that that goal has summed up yeah. what Chelsea the last twelve months almost. Mm-hmm. You know that just summed it up. It was just like it was just like a, it's like a sigh, wasn't it? And it was like well, the game's dead then. You know, mm-hmm. and you can see it, and the players are deflating. Because you know, if that Astros header goes in, fancy chesters go on and get that mm-hmm. because that that high press and that real real kind of um, urgency that Woking had, it was fading and fading mm-hmm. and fading as the game went. Because you couldn't keep that up for ninety minutes. No. You know, mm-hmm. the way they were pressing that first half, it just you know you couldn't do that. Um, but it worked for them. They got got themselves in front. And but if that you know you get a level of there, and then you kind of you know you you get it at the right time to to get something out of the game. But you're looking at the table after that now. Still in the relegation zone, um, but well, not Barrow, just just above us. There's only a point ahead, but there seems to be a little bit of a gap now, starting to mm-hmm. form between maybe the bottom six, seven sides and the mid-table sides who are looking towards the, the playoffs. And you know, early on in the season, when we're still on early on in the season, you can kind of chalk these things off and say, oh, maybe next week, maybe next week, maybe next week. But when next week doesn't happen. What you're left with is, you know, you, you a real worry that you'd be pushing towards Christmas and you find yourself cast adrift, cast adrift a little bit, needing almost playoff form in order to, to salvage something from the season. I mean, do you think there's enough from what you've you've seen, Paul, for them to be able to put something together? Or do you think he? It, it's very much a case of, I know however much he may want to bring in people, do you think it's a case of, it, there's enough in the group to to kind of turn something around in the short term at least I think there is yeah yeah I do I I still think there's enough in that squad not to be in the bottom four at the end of the season but the problem is it was kind of there's a real lack of depth there isn't there you know who? what happens if one of the centre backs go out what happens if the right back goes out and some people will be saying after that performance on Tuesday he might need to go out the side and that's not being harsh on Andy Coles but you know he could have no complaints if he wasn't playing on Saturday against Tranmere Marn's out. Is there another wide player in there? Certainly, centre midfield, centre forward, well stocked, no complaints. Yeah. If they keep the team fit, and they ca- and I know Marcus said after the game he was quite clear, wasn't he? Again, that the remit is to work with the right players, and I, that's fine, you know, because John McCarthy, whether right or wrong, got back to the summer. Then he got back to with a big budget, probably the biggest in the club's history since the Reformation, and brought in players who, by and large, everyone was happy with. But I do think either it be a cup run or maybe as you said shifting one or two in I think he's going to have to bring a few more options in there particularly out wide because you you touched on it I, Kingsley James whenever I've seen him in the past playing for Chester or this season first time this season for me on Tuesday I like him I, I see him Torquay sorry I was at Torquay wasn't I with you uh, and I thought he was excellent that day uh, but he's not a right midfielder and in the same way Liam Davis is not I, looking at that I think he's got work to do 
to get in the team every week. So those two positions automatically that he probably needs to improve. But I still think there's good players there. And that's what I mean. I wasn't that downbeat on Tuesday night. I know it's going against the grain and maybe it's because I've not had to put up with it <laughs> as much. You know, seeing John McCarthy every home game, John McCarthy and the ones I've seen last season, I could understand why people were, were downbeat. But I don't think it was that bad on Tuesday. Clear different um, tact taken by Bignett as well in, in, in post-match interviews than, than maybe McCarthy would have taken. You know, there was always a staunch defence of his players, win, lose or draw. Um, a bit different from, from Bignett on Tuesday. I mean, so the players have been great, but then he was quite explicit and said, up until that mm-hmm. game, you know. So maybe this is what they need. I mean, they, you shouldn't have real hiding places. I mean, it, you, as a manager, you can defend your players to the hilt, which McCarthy did, and they almost become... They don't get the criticism. This is the first time now where the players come in for some criticism really this season, even though they've they've been the one play, you know ones out there playing. Um, because all that early season criticism very much laid on on John McCarthy. So you know it's, it was John McCarthy's issue here that, and you know a lot as it's very true. But now it's a fact. Now he's gone. The players have nowhere to hide, and I don't think Marcus Bignett's going to give them too many places to hide. You know, so it's either you turn up and you perform. Players have off days, everyone knows that, you know. Happens and sometimes they have a poor run of form, two or three games, you know, but we've pro- we have we've seen some of the players in this team and how they can play and how they can perform. And everyone was delighted when we brought in some of these players over the summer, you know. And with good reason as well, because we've seen them I mean, I vividly remember Andy Hall's absolutely terrorising Chester last year from Macclesfield and he was the best player on the pitch by a country mile. You know, these these, these players don't don't change overnight, you know, so just needs a bit of confidence, whether it's the group needs a bit more confidence. I, ho- I was hoping that I made Edwin might give him a little bit of that, but it's obvious now it just needs a little bit more elsewhere, doesn't it? Just a couple of couple more options just brought in. Um, but it's, it's how you go about that, isn't it? But um, FA Cup run would be lovely to sort that out. And Brinsen, we should really talk about the FA Cup briefly um, because obviously the, the draw was made um, earlier this week. We've got Kidderminster. Uh, away in the FA Cup, winnable game, National League North side, but still a side with plenty of pedigree. Uh, not only in, in the National League, but in the Football League. Um, be a stern test, but um, but one that uh, you'd hope that, that Chester should rise above. Marcus, what you're looking forward to? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's something. I know. Obviously, it's it's yet another away fixture. We've been drawn in in, in, in an FA Cup competition. <laughs> I think it's past six in a row. I think yeah. uh, that's, uh, that's been the case. Um, but I mean, of, of the clubs which we could have gone to, we could have had some, you know, some real, uh, some real grim trips. We could have gone to places. Uh, but I think, I think Kidderminster. I think you know, quite happy about that. Everyone's thoughts, you know, immediately turned to the the quality of the pies that they serve there. You know, and I think it's, 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 it's a good, it's a good away day out. I think, you know, and it's not, and it's not too far away. So it's, uh, I, th- I think it's a. Uh, I think I'm quite happy with that draw, to be honest. The last time I went there, the price of pie was £4.50, but now we've got Brexit and Theresa May and whatnot. I don't know, maybe maybe it's gone up, I don't know. But that's um, by the by. Yeah, we could have had, um, you know, I don't know some people were, were really disappointed with the draw, and I was quite surprised because you're looking there, you could get Tramier, you could get, you know, you don't want, you don't want these games like Tramier, Wrexham, Gateshead away, something like that, you know. Games which you wouldn't really back us to win at this stage. Um, but I think you know away days aren't. aren't it's another away day. You prefer a home home tie against Shildon or South Shields or something. But um, I think in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, getting a, a side from the league below 
Uh, it's fairly local as well. I mean, I know it was a northern section of the draw, but you know, Gateshead wouldn't have been a local one. South Shields, Hartlepool wouldn't have been local, but uh, Kidderminster is fair, you know, fairly local. We should take a good follow in there, uh, and it's going to be absolutely, I think, vital to this club's season, this FA Cup run this year. Definitely. Do you think so, Paul? Agreed. Yeah, it's been a while, as we said last week, about a cup run, and I think from a financial point of view, it is, because if Bignett is going to have a bit of wriggle room in his budget, uh, this could be the way to bring it in, because you're looking at players now, obviously got used the Alibi money you know will still come whether that's already been swallowed up there's probably no big sales coming in January as they're like they could have been last 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 year last new year so yeah it's very important and I think it's a winnable tie a cracking tie Kidman's a great place to go particularly for journalists because you have to get a cup of tea don't you you do yeah. Yeah, one of the rare places in non-league football and <laughs> um, moving on to this weekend we'll, we'll wrap it up with this it's um, Tramia huge game last year I mean it was 2-2 I mean it seems crazy celebrating a draw but the way it happened was absolutely superb you know Ryan Astles uh, the Bromber Beckenbauer as, as he sh- should be known and he turned the um, edge of the box and, and slam it home uh, a leveller in, in injury time I mean, there's 1200 there that day and it was just it, was re- it really felt like a, a football league tie and so you almost forgot kind of everything that had gone before um, <clears throat> and it just felt like we were almost those halcyon days again you know of like a huge big following away from home and just the way it all happened it was superb and hopefully we'll have more of that this this time around on Saturday but without uh, the draw three points would be lovely but um, Ross Hanna said after after Woking that maybe they're ready for a derby at the moment they need that kind of something extra onto a fixture to I don't know maybe bring something else about that we haven't seen um, so far Tramia have had a, a difficult start of the season. They won the last couple of games, but Mickey Mellon, I still find, think, find himself under a bit of pressure there. It's an important game for him against Leighton Orient uh, last night because there's two managers there, Mellon and Steve Davis, who uh, whoever lost that game seemed like they were going to be really facing some 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 tough questions. But um, I think I think a lot of Tramia fans are still, even after last night, say that they're still not convinced by this current Tramia side and it's performing well below expectation. Mm-hmm. I mean. Nine goals scored this season, and they've got four forwards who you'd imagine are getting to most teams. One of those, obviously, being being James Allaby, who was with us last season, who we're still yet to receive a penny for. Um, but he's had a, a really miserable start to to life at Prenton Park. I mean, the fans haven't taken to him. I mean, it's different now. I spoke to a former player, former Chester player at the start of the season, who said that he didn't think that um, it would be a great move for him purely because they expect instant results there you have to hit the ground running um, and he struggled so far and he's, he's facing a bit of, you know, a bit there to turn it around I mean um, but it's, it represents a chance for us another, it's another league game against the side regardless of whether Tramia Rose or whether whoever they are um, fairly close to us in, in the table and the team we need to be trying to gain some ground on um, do you think it's right time just to be having a game at this moment do you think it might, might see something a little bit different than we've seen this season? I think so I mean if Tramia were riding high at the top of the table you know with, with you know, scoring for fun and uh, you know, winning games of plenty I think you know we'd be looking forward to the atmosphere of it but then thinking I don't think we're going to come away from this with anything at all but uh, you know, on, on a Tramia that's you know, really been sort of stuttering and misfiring I think you know, there's, there's every opportunity for, for Chester to go kind of and get something uh, from, from the game Um you know, it'll be interesting to see you know whether whether do pick Alibi, you know whether whether he starts or you know comes on comes on as a sub. You know, it'll be interesting to see 
um, kind of reception he'll regress, he'll regress but, um, and, 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 but I think it'd be good to see him on the pitch to see how, how he'd perform on, on, on there but, uh, but yeah because obviously you know, he's scored what was it? he scored his about 100 goals and against like Camel Laird was it Camel Laird and, and, and their friendly <laughs> yeah. I think, think he scored all these five yeah I think, yeah. He's, think, he's, think he scored all the goals he was going to score from, you know, and, and, and he used up all his good fortune in there just like you know I mean you know, he should spread his goals out more often. You know, he, you know, he tends to pile them all together like he did against Aldershot for us a, you know, <laughs> course, a few, yeah, couple yeah. of seasons ago. Um, but uh, yeah, it'd, it'd be interesting. But I think you know, it'd be, it'd be, whatever the, whatever the results, I think it's going to be you know, a cracking atmosphere on, on the day. You know, I mean, I'm sure Chester. You know, our attendances haven't been you know, stunning at home so far this season. But I'm sure we'll be I'm sure we'll find a lot of a lot of fans will be you know, really keen for this and uh, looking to. Go down, go to go to go there, and uh, make the trip in some good numbers. You'd hope so. I mean, for me, I would be hope. I mean, I, hope, I know it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but his dealings with him is a, a very humble and down to earth, nice, nice guy who did a lot of work. Like he was always first to put his hand up for the community work um, at the football club, and that's to his credit. He was really, really good, good, good for the football club on, in that respect. And also, let's not forget, he scored seventeen goals yeah. last season. Yeah. Without those seventeen goals, we're relegated. Yeah. We're, we're, we're talking about National League North. Um, so we can't really forget that regardless of what's transpired since Paul do you think it's the uh, right time for Chester, Chester to be having a game like this and do you think we might chance of seeing something a little bit different uh, well if it's anything like the last two games because we talked about Prenton Park encounter but the one the live on BT Sport obviously it was overshadowed by the sad passing of the, the Chester yeah. man Gary but it was an amazing game that as well it was an absolutely brilliant game I think this is a massive game apart from the obvious reasons Gabin at Chester Tramia you look at the table now, Tremier's two wins at home has just clawed them back into that kind of playoff pitch and it's very, very tight up there. I remember on Tuesday night I was looking at the live feed table to try and help you guys see if Woking were in top and teams were changing first, second, first, fourth all night. Tremier win on Saturday, they're right back in the mix. And equally, if Chester were to win on Saturday, you drag your files and teams are just above that. So whoever loses, I think... It's going to be a you know a, a long week kind of thing. I think it's a really really important game, and uh, you know. I, yeah, but but let's face it, they're not having a good season. I know they picked up a couple of wins, one particularly late, wasn't it? And then last night they won two one. They're not the side they were at the back end of last season. Not goals, they're not scoring yeah. goals, but make no mistake, that squad Tramia have should be in the top two or three come the end of the season. So it will be a hard game. But last season Chester matched them, matched them over two games and late goal in the, the D but that was the only difference well we'll be there on Saturday um, hoping to uh, to be reported on on three points for the Blues and uh, something we desperately need and hopefully it will, we can use it to, to kick start our season and it can be the uh, the panacea to uh, to all our ills this season but um, but yeah thank you very much for joining us and uh, we shall be back live from Penton Park on Saturday and also look out for next week's uh, episode well, we'll be heading towards episode four next week this is it's a month's worth of of podcast, we're also now available on iTunes, so so be sure to subscribe, um, so you can have a listening pleasure in the car on the way into work. Um, but thanks very much for joining us, and we shall see you again next time.